I feel really proud of myself. And what I knew when I was 60, I just feel like I've learned so much. I've come a long way in, this, in the two years. And it's about my family, my children. I just want to leave a legacy for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. And just to let people know that you can break that cycle of poverty, but it's just about your mindset. Reaching 60 was a pivotal moment for me, where I sensed an unfulfilled potential lingering beneath the surface. It was as if life had been whispering that there was something more I needed to achieve. The world of property beckoned, offering a new avenue to explore, grow and make a lasting impact. And so, I embarked on this journey with a sense of purpose and anticipation, eager to unlock the possibilities that await me. Embarking on my property journey at age 60 was a bold step, defying the norm. At 62, I'm now two years into this adventure, building a new chapter in my life filled with challenges, growth, and the excitement of discovering new opportunities in the real estate world. Are you thinking about building your wealth? Are you thinking about where to start or not knowing where to start in your wealth creation journey? At Property Wealth Education, we teach people how to get started, how to build an empire, and how to invest passively and actively using property in your wealth creation. Month in, month out, week in, week out, we have curated courses that is available to you, free and paid and through our upgraded mentorship program, The Wealth Circle. So if you're thinking of building your wealth, we want to invite you to click on a, a link below the show notes on this video uh, to book a call with us. We'd like to have a chat to help you start to build your wealth, build a legacy for yourself and your family. Back soon. Welcome to The Wealth and Business Podcast. It's so good to have you here today. Thanks for having me. You know, this is one podcast episode I have been looking forward to doing as a mentor, as someone who has basically seen your transformation in your property journey, you know, over the last two years. Coming up to two years now, isn't it? Coming up to three years. Actually, three years. Three years. Wow, wow, wow. And, you know, knowing exactly where you started from and knowing exactly where you are now, you're just somebody that I am so super, like, so pleased to to have worked with in your entire journey. It's been it's been slow, but we're getting to the part where things are going to become faster now. So thank you so much for coming in in this August uh, podcast interview, right? <laughs> when I mean August, like it's, it felt like it wasn't coming, right? Yeah, That's what I mean yeah. by August. So yeah. for those of you who are watching, might be like, What's, what does it mean, August? <laughs> this episode of the Wealth and Business Podcast is brought to you by our partner and sponsor, Ramsey and White. Ramsey and White is an award winning specialist intermediary covering property, finance, wealth management, and estate agency. The Ramsey and White team can help you secure or source funding for your buy-to-lets, your HMOs, your commercial development, holiday lets, portfolio acquisition. They also offer financial reviews covering pension and investment. Not restricted by lenders or locations, the team at Ramsey & White will help you build momentum covering or growing your investment portfolio. Feel free to contact Ramsey and White, who is our partner and our sponsor for this episode of the Wealth and Business Podcast. The links to contacting Ramsey and White will be somewhere around the show notes. Make sure to reach out to them as this company has actually helped me build my property portfolio over the last six years. So Max, so for those who don't really know you, you know, tell us who is Maxine. Okay, I'm Maxine. I'm 62 years old. Wow. I'm the mother of four children. Wow. Age ranges between uh, 43 and the youngest is 26. Wow. I have eight grandchildren. Hmm. Ages between 27 and three years old. Um, I've, I'm going to be a great-grandmother in January. So that's coming up soon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I work, I have a full-time job. I work in housing. I help vulnerable, you know, assist, I manage a team that helps vulnerable people. So we look after the vulnerable. Um, and I'm also a um, qualified mediator and a qualified counsellor. Wow. 
there's a lot of accolades there it's been um it's been it's been a journey isn't it so how did we basically get into property what was the what was the motivation inspiration to the reason why you know you just mentioned i'm you know i'm 62 most people your age right now will probably you know be looking forward to retirement yeah you know what was the inspiration as to let me get into property development let me get into property investments let me become an entrepreneur at this age yeah well you know what i i was interested in property about 25 years ago actually and i went into property with a friend of mine um we got stung basically um by a, a developer so he lost lost a bit of money and i've always been interested although that happened I've always been interested in, in property and I don't know why, but I worked working in housing as well. I used to do, back in the day, I used to do um, viewings as well as the new developments. I used mm-hmm. to go and have a look at with the, the um, surveyors and that really put, it just I just got interested in properties, even the, like the old fashion type prop buildings that we used to have. I used to really be interested. I, I'd look in, I'd do viewings with, with um, tenants potential tenants and I'd I could see I could look at the property and you know they'd say oh no it doesn't it looks like this and I, I could say to them you can do this and you can do that and you know I was always interested in, in properties and I watched all the property programs on TV um so yeah so that happened those years ago and I kind of still on the back of my mind I still went you know I went through my life and had it at the back of my mind did other things like the, the counseling I was trained for a council for about four years and then mediating I've done that through work um but still had property in my mind yeah and um so when I when I reached 60 that was March 2021 I remember thinking to myself no I'm coming to the end now I'm going to be retiring in a few years this is I can't this is not my life mm. this cannot be my life I, you know, a lot of my friends were just kind of basically giving up and waiting for pensions, waiting for to retire. And I thought, nah, I'm too young. I'm mm-hmm. too young in myself. Yeah. Um, this is not my life. So I, I just scoured everywhere to look for. I don't even know what I was looking for. Actually, I was just looking at purchasing a prop. How do I go about getting on the property ladder, buying another property, using finances from my house? I didn't know how to go about it. I knew that the situation that I was in wasn't really gonna I didn't think it could allow me to, to buy another property. Yeah. So and I did I did join another um online housing you know about about property but I just felt it was really good but I felt they're too far away. They're up north and I just thought no I'm, how am I gonna get hold of them if I want to speak to them about something yeah. if I bought a property and something was wrong, how would I get hold of them? So anyway Daniel Moses popped up on my, on, my <laughs> on my Facebook page and I kept on watching I kept on watching and it was I remember the video actually it was used you your car was there you were standing outside your car and I just thought this no man this got something I just feel a connection and, yeah. and I felt that I could I, you're there I can yeah. touch you I can you know you're nearby <laughs> I thought, when I saw Bromley I just thought oh that's good that's you know really good and it just I just kept watching it, kept yeah. watching it, and then I joined the um, the, the masterclass. The master was it the masterclass? Yeah, yeah the it was, one, the, it was day and online. Online, yeah. yeah. And then I did the three days, three days one, and spoke to Kevin. Never forget Kevin, and you know I was really excited. I was just like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to yeah, do the twelve-month yeah. mentorship because it just sounded so you know like this is something that I could be involved in and learn from and you know I I said to myself I'm not going to give up Mm. I'm just going to go through it whatever it takes I'm just going to go through through it it. I'm not going to give up on it I really love the fact of how you kind of broke it down because let's be honest a lot of people you know they start this journey and it's not always about the completion it's always about they saying they can't go through this anymore and they actually quit and i think the reason why a lot of people quit is because people in my opinion the property space uh, people you know come in and just think about the money only yeah you know 
and having been an entrepreneur for a very long time in my life and especially the last six years a lot of things a lot of things shifted in my life and i came to realize entrepreneurship is not a get rich quick that's number one you're gonna yes you can buy buying one or two properties easy Mm-hmm. But if you're looking to acquire five, you're looking to have 10, mm-hmm. and you're looking to generate cash flow month in, month out, um, you're going to need more than just property. You're going to need more than just money. You're going to need to have mindset mm-hmm. for yeah. success. Just as one of my mentors taught me, and this changed my life, he said success is 70% mindset, 20% planning and strategy, 10% action. So I remember asking him once upon a time and I said, no wonder I have been able to achieve some things in the last six years of my life because I didn't understand this many things, yeah. you know, you know, for the first 14 years of my life, knowing that success depends on 70% of your mindset. Because the mindset out there is everybody thinks the moment you become an entrepreneur, the moment you buy your first house for investment, the second house, you're rich. You're rich, yeah. No, it's not true. Well, it's not true. You know, because one property that is making £500 a month is not going to cut the rope. Mm -hmm. Two, £1,000 is not going to cut the rope. But really and truly, in order for this to really work for you, you have to be talking at least a minimum of owning ownership, owning five properties. Now, the the other thing that holds people back is they never actually have the opportunity to own five properties. You know, and because people quit on themselves. Yeah. So it's very interesting to hear that you said to yourself, I wasn't going to quit. And here we are, like we said, going to three years now, you know, been working with you since 2021. Mm-hmm. You saw me, you listened, you re- I resonated with what I, you resonated with what I said. And then you came through to the masterclass, then you spent the three days with us. Yeah. And then you progressed into joining uh, the world circle. And here we are, mm-hmm. you know, you've done so well. You know, because a lot of people your age actually turning it down, yeah. like turning it down way for retirement. You actually turning it up. Turning it up. You're yeah. turning it <laughs> up. You're lifting the bar. You're lifting the bar. Yeah. And you're so such an inspiration to me. And I've always said it to you in yeah. private, publicly. I always say this. I said my mother is eight. My mother is going to be eighty-eight next year. And I said, I always look at my mother. I'm like she inspires me so much i know you're not 88 yet (laughs) but i always i said no i said uh, you know sometimes i call you auntie maxine sometimes i call you mom sometimes i call you you know the mother of the whole you know uh you know who is doing some amazing we have another other woman in the group as well she's 70 and you guys are not giving up you guys are actually turning it up you know, in a situation where, for example, in England right now, a lot of people really do turn it down from mm-hmm. the age of six, especially yeah. among black people. Yeah. Black people do tend to start quitting more from the age of 50. Yeah. You know, they tend to start quitting That's more. Right. It's just yeah. almost like they're waiting to die. Yeah. You know, but first you don't look 62, you know, <laughs> as soon as you came in just now, I said, you don't look 62. <laughs> so having said that, Max, let's kind of talk about how you know you basically started so you came to the master class then you took you took action to come and spend in three days yeah. how was your first one year like so you came to the three days mm-hmm. whilst you were in that three days what was your learning like what was your you know what was your mindset? What would you literally going through in those three days that you spend? Because most times people spend the three days and that would be the end of their journey. They mm-hmm. can go and take so many actions. But what did you take away from the three days and what inspired you to join the, um, the you know, the mentorship yeah. circle? So when I joined, it was rent to rent, BRRR or the sourcing. I didn't fancy the sourcing. The BRR, I just thought that wasn't for me because I didn't have the money. I, did, I, I wouldn't be able to... So I kind of had that, I, I was interested in it, but it was kind of a little bit back. But the rent to rent was like, oh, that sounds really good. Obviously, you know, the first six months, nothing. Yeah. Um, I got a little bit kind of like, oh, this is not working. It's not going to work for me. I'm not getting it. I'm doing the phone calls, but maybe not enough phone calls. Um, speaking to estate agents or lettings agents and nothing, 
nothing came. I mean, we did do a couple of viewings. I came on a couple of viewings with me, and but it didn't work out. So I kind of felt like, oh, you know what? And I think I phoned you up one day and said that this is not happening. But before I think before that, I think I joined with another lady. We we joined we co what do you call it? joint venture together. Yeah. No, that was before you actually was that before? joint venture. The time we you joined, co- yeah, the time you called before. yeah yes, the time you called that. that you were not doing this anymore. It's too difficult. Yeah, it was before the joint venture part. Before the right, okay. So we yeah. So um, yeah. So I just felt that like I'm not doing this. I can't do this. Nothing's happening. I'm not getting anywhere with this. And I remember there was a meeting we had in the offices in uh, Lewisham. Yeah, Lewisham. And came to the office. Then, and I think there was people were like there were quite a few people were like not doing much, and there was nothing going on. So you said, think about joint venturing. And Carleen, my business partner, she was there, and we kind of just kind of clicked. And we just thought, yeah, just joint venture. Yeah. So we did. And um, I think maybe a couple of months or a month after that. It was November that year. November that year we got the property. But you said, you promised that you would I'd get one before December. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it happened. I got my first, we got our first rent to rent. And that was a that, good one, wasn't it? Was it, it, it was a really good It was good one. profit, yeah. in it? Yeah, good profit. And we had that for two years and there was no vacancies. We Even when someone left, somebody else came in so we had a good that was a good that was a good deal yeah it's a shame to lose it isn't it yeah two years later the landlord wants his property back yeah it was a two-year contract so you know he had his all his right to take it back but yeah yeah, i guess the the, the time of what's happening at the moment he needed that money yeah true true so the first so you came through through three days and after the three days you joined the mentorship and then you know six months later you wanted to actually quit and eventually you didn't quit you joined venture Secured your first rent to rent HMO. HMO, yeah. It was a six bed or five bed? Five bed. Or five bed. And how much was that making? So, I mean, after, I'd say after bills and all that, it was probably generating about eight, nine hundred pounds a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in profit, after, after bills, bills, after landlord for two years, yeah. it was always full. That was yeah. generating about eight, nine hundred pounds a month. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously that was a joint venture agreement yeah. between you and your business, business partner, partner yeah. Carlin. I mean, and obviously if you split that both ways, that would be giving yeah. you worst case scenario, 350 a month yeah. each. Yeah. six hundred pounds, maybe two hundred pound contingency in yeah. case of there's repairs or maintenance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. was there any time during that two years you guys had heavy maintenance that couldn't be passed to the landlord or that you guys had to take a hit on? Yeah, we had a um we had to there was a leak in the property from one of the one of the shower rooms and um we had to we had to cover that. Cover that. Yeah. The landlord didn't want to pay for it? Landlord didn't want to pay for it. He felt that it was because it was one of the tenants' faults we had to take. How much did that cost you? That cost us about seven hundred pounds. Oh, seven hundred pounds. Yeah, oh, not too bad. Yeah, nothing, nothing more than that. Really, we had to. So, would you say the entire two years you had the property that you basically never spent like five thousand pounds oh, all no. of a sudden? No, no, no. We didn't okay, spend that's fair enough, because you know most times I have a there was a guy there's a guy called Joseph in the World Circle community. Mm-hmm. He had a situation where he had over promised to the landlord, and actually did not put a bill cap, uh, oh. the bill cap to the landlord. So, but yeah. he said. I'll take the property from you mm-hmm. and whatever happens, I'll fix I'll it. Fix, okay. And then I think he had a situation that cost him almost £5,000. Oh, wow. Okay. That he had to pay out. Yeah. Because he had, on the, on the contract yeah. he had with the landlord, he did not specify you know that I mean I teach you yeah, I we, teach you most most of you in the world circle to have a bill cap yeah, between yourself cap, and, yeah. and your one you had a bill cap right 150 150 pounds, yeah. pounds so he had to spend almost 5,000 pounds on a property oh, wow. that he did not own you know and and he lost that money so it's good to know you spent about 700 pounds that was mm-hmm. the highest expenses you yeah, ever had that's the highest expenses we had yeah Great. So what then happened after the first deal? So how was that process of managing that first property like? How was it like for you? Yeah, it was it was fine. We you know, we managed it well. It was we had good, really good tenants. Um we never had any issues there. I mean, there was some issues with the property. Um water wasn't the, the showers wasn't working and the pressure of the showers, I think that because of the piping and the, the, the way it was fitting and that. So we did have some issues, but we didn't have to um, fork out any money for it. It was 
down to the landlord. It was down to the landlord. Issues. Yeah, there was electrical issues. Electrics kept going off. That there's overload and stuff like that. But that wasn't that wasn't down to us. It was yeah, the landlord had to deal with that. So looking back now, in that first year when you started your journey through the masterclass to the three days program, that uh, three days you know summit, and then joining the World Circle, and eventually taking your you know first rent to rent property on what were the lessons learned because you know a lot of people get into property and what this is why i talk about property entrepreneurship mm. a lot a lot of people get into rent to rent you know and i have seen people who did go into rent to rent mm. eventually join the mentorship and i had to rewire their brains yeah. you know teach them what they never thought they knew before because most people just take the first rent to rent deal and then they just the profit comes in like you said 800 900 pounds and they just spend that money mm -hmm. and they didn't realize that you know they needed to have contingency they didn't need yeah. to it's a business and you would need to basically take action on a daily basis or so repairs maintenance mm -hmm. you have to be at the back and call the tenants you have yeah. to make sure the landlord who has trusted you with the property as well all right needed to get less calls from you because the reason why he's giving you the property in the first yeah, place he doesn't, want <laughs> he doesn't want to be the one being called and yeah. plus he did not want to pay the lettings agent mm, at least 15 percent fee yeah. of managing the hmo for them because hmo agents charge up to 15 percent right, yeah. on the gross rental income and that's one of the reason why rent to rent is very attractive to a lot of landlords a lot of landlords wants to give you their property because they know okay you're going to give them a guaranteed rent mm -hmm. month in month out as long as your property is tenanted and you know vetting your tenants yeah. correctly and all of that and on the back end being able mm -hmm. all right to be at peace so they don't get no phone calls from anybody mm -hmm. because that's what they want but they don't want to do with a license agent they rather yeah. do with someone somebody. who they feel like okay they can learn to know mm -hmm. and then learn to as well trust them and most people end up doing the whole thing you know upside down this one the reason why a lot of landlords these days are mm -hmm. backing out from rent to rent because a lot of people are taking on the properties and then causing the landlord more issues headaches yeah. and all of this so what was your biggest learning through this process of you managing the property managing the tenants making sure the rents are coming through you know what was the biggest lesson you would say you probably learned I think the biggest lesson that I learned was not to spend that money. We didn't spend that money. We 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 had a we sort of had a focus of saving that money for our next property. Mm. So it's about just not. We didn't take it a wage from it. We wasn't paid anything. We just just kept it. Kept that money. Yeah, for our next property. For two. That was in our. Okay. That was a. That was for we. We didn't get our next property for a year. Well, yeah. Took a year to get our next property, and and we used we had to use that to do the um you know pay all the the fees and so forth so that was a good thing that we did because otherwise if we'd spent the money if we would split the money every month and spending it as we we wouldn't have had no money to go into our next prop next deal next deal because you got to pay your sourcing fee you got to pay you know whatever's needed in the properties so. yeah so, so after that you saved the money for over a year and then that was when you actually started expanding your property portfolio i know you know, once you did your first rent to rent uh, HMOs, uh, you kind of transitioned into rent to rent to self accommodation, and then you and your business partner then went to secure two more properties. Yeah, you know, uh, for self accommodation. Now, whilst that was ongoing, you know, there was also a change in strategy in your year in your year after your year one. So mm -hmm. your year one was, you know, to basically start asset acquisition you know using the low barrier to entry uh by refurbished finance yeah. to you know single family dwelling mm -hmm. up north and that was another journey as yeah. well yeah so which because one of the things i always say rent to rent is great mm -hmm. um not every property strategy is for everybody yeah right? i say this all the time because some people come in this because rent to rent sounds very easy mm, mm. controlling other people's property yeah so a lot of times people think controlling other people's property is very easy you mm -hmm. can just pick up the phone speak to somebody and they're gonna give you the property and say yes however um some people might also look at it and say you know what actually i can take some money out of my existing home if i already own a house mm -hmm. i can actually go and buy more properties yeah or some people can actually say you know what uh maybe i can actually speak to a property buyer 
and I can actually speak to a landlord and I can sell the deal and I can make 3,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. So the more you get into it, you start finding which is your strength, which is your yeah, weakness. Yeah. So what made you then transition from after you secured your first two deals, or three deals now, and then you decided to hit the buy, refurbish, refinance? You know, it was kind of the buy, refurbish, refinance strategy was in my mind. It was in, it was always there in the back of my mind. I think I'd always listen to you talking about it and I know I spoke I spoke to you about it a few times about doing it with my house. Yes. And I was like, oh no, I can't. I, don't, yeah. I can't move out of my house and making that into an HMO or yeah. whatever. Or um so I talked talked to you about that and I kind of I don't know I don't know I'm not sure when I th- thought. I think I've just just you doing all you know, just coming into the um classes. To the classes and talking about it and seeing Marion and what Marion had done and who else was there? There's um, Marianne, there's yeah, Anthony there's, Howell. Yeah, and just hearing, there was hearing myself. those. Yeah, that's right. And I just, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do this. Mm. So, yeah. So obviously I had some, had Dean on board and just talked about what I could do with my house. Yeah. Which I had equity in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was kind of a journey, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Out, yeah. Because I had a second charge on my house and I had to sort that, um, get that all sorted out. And Yeah. But we did that in the end. It took about, how long did it take us? No, no, ages, about eight months or something. It took it? about eight months. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, let me quickly kind of, you know, take us back a little bit. So looking back now, you know, from being someone who worked in housing, from someone who is also a qualified counselor, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, way back, you've mentioned 20, over 25 years ago, you would basically go into houses with, you know, the um, surveyors, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to evaluate properties yeah. and, you, you know, thinking in your mind, oh, and I'm 60, I'm 60 because we were 60, you were 60 when we met. Yeah. And now looking at 62, in two years, the level of things that's happened in property and business, how does that make you really feel? I feel really proud of myself from where I, from what I knew when I was 60 in that April. I never forget that end of March, April. I thought, no, I just feel like I've learned so much. I've come a long way in, this, in the two years. Hmm. And yeah, my mindset has really changed as well. Um, you know, it's not just about, it's not just about for me, it's about um, my family, my children. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, them to go on to be, you know, to just, you know, from generation, generation, lack, from what I know, there's no one that I can say in my family that has got their own business or I mean, extended family, yes, but not my immediate family, Um where they've got their own business, they're doing their own thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Has tried something different. So I think that's what's made me want to do this more. I just want to leave a legacy for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and just to let people know that you can break that cycle of poverty and lack. But it's just about your mind. It's, It's To me, I think it's about your mindset. I totally agree. It's, you know, that's why I spoke about one of the biggest things I learned from my mentors earlier. You know, it's everything in life we've ever wanted is 70%, you know, of our mindset. You know, it's just like the greatest book ever written. The Bible says, it teaches us, God spoke Mm-hmm. and everything became yeah so god spoke said let there be light there was light god spoke yeah. and he says let there be darkness darkness and light you know the dark be called the night the light be called the day and from having the right mindset we speak of what we want to become yeah. like you just stated now you know um i think especially us black people mm-hmm. We over over time, you know. I, I mean, I'm I'm born and bred from one of the greatest, largest black nation on the planet, mm-hmm. Nigeria. Yeah. You know, and one of the things I really come to realize as a Nigerian, all black race is one. For you know, first of all, all black race is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether you're whatever you're from, as long as you're black, we're all one. And I think for me, this whole thing about poverty and generational 
you know, looking at the world statistics the other day, mm-hmm. I've, I've studied that over and over and over. Mm. And black people are, in, for example, in England, we're positioned to be the poorest yeah. by statistics. That's right. We're, uh, we're, we're also less in boardrooms. Obviously, a lot is changing now. Yeah. Um, when it comes to female entrepreneur, you know, naturally, black women are entrepreneurs more than men because in Africa where I'm from mm-hmm. you see the next woman selling something on the corner shop yeah you see the aunties you know cooking in that nest restaurant you see them doing like uh providing um you know cleaning service yeah yeah but yet we this entrepreneurship is in us but yet we're still the poorest and you know what saying that you know if I when I think about it now I've always been an entrepreneur you know why because I've always from I was younger I've always done something I've always done I've always I sold Avon I was selling for Vitality Insurance Mm -hmm. went through that I did um, what did I do I did the Forever Living I don't know yeah Forever Living product yeah I Forever Living products and what else I just do little I even I rent out my my driveway two cars yeah so to me, and I used to do, I used to look after um, students. I used to have students in my house. Yep. So I've always been an entrepreneur, really, if I think about it. I've always done something, but yeah. I just got, that's not what I wanted to do. So those things yeah. I just kind of, but I still rent out my drive <laughs> as a car park. So I'm, I'm always doing something. So yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I am an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is where I was going with that, because the truth is that you know, blacks are entrepreneurs. Mm, we're very, yeah. we're, but what we've never been taught, yeah, you know, is how to literally f- focus. Yes. You know, I, I've actually posted something three days ago. I said a focused fool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I yeah. said a focused fool would be successful more than a distracted genius. Yeah. I, I don't want the audience to see this in the wrong way. The truth is that I think a lot of us are very distracted and that is the mm. reason why we never get to build wealth and that's yeah. the reason why we never get it's almost like we have become self uh, uh acclaimed distractive people yeah and the reason why we're on very entrepreneurial all right we never get to be really be successful because yes like you said you know you do a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of that, a little bit of that. We're, we're doing a little bit of everything yeah not focused. we become a jack of all trade yeah. and become they say master of none yeah. you know and i believe when i when i what what changed for me in my life over the last six seven years is the fact that i learned to do one thing long enough mm-hmm. yeah and that's the things other you know race who are seen at the top level that's, that's what, what they, they do. do yeah they do one thing long enough focused long enough yeah. they test 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 so look let me use my most favorite you know uh, inspiration elon musk mm-hmm. he sent the rocket to the sky once mm-hmm. came down crashing yeah. yeah sent it to the second time came down crashing yeah sent it the third time came down crashing mm-hmm. sent it the fourth time came down crashing the fifth time mm-hmm. he had a chance of success at 80 percent yeah the sixth time 90 percent success the seventh time complete success complete success didn't give up he didn't yeah. give up now i wish obviously we we have we're very we're very resilient Mm-hmm. No word of a lie. If you yeah. look at the struggle from slavery and all yeah. of these things that's happened in the past, we're very resilient. We're very hopeful people. Mm-hmm. But I think that our hopes sometimes get carried away. We get distracted because we're always trying to. It's almost like let's just feed. Let's get by yeah. for tomorrow. Let's get by for the next yeah. day. Let's get by. Let's get by. And because we're just trying to get by without actually being laser focused and Mm -hmm. setting our mind and just say, you know, we're going to do whatever we can to get this thing to work. So our entrepreneurial spirit or that drive that we have sometimes get literally to, it's like scattered all over the place. Whereas if you learn to just gather, do it long enough, Mm -hmm. have the right people, have the right contact, have the right 
you know, being in the right environment, we can actually become one of, I mean, we are gradually becoming, you know, we, you know, it, a lot is changing, but mm-hmm. we can become a stakeholder in the wealth creation, you know, um, you know, community globally. Yeah. We can and, compete. Yeah. And as you said, the right, being around the right people, I think that's really important because sometimes the people that you're around, you know, your, your old friends, people, even family, can be like a distraction or you know be kind of not encouraging yeah or they don't they don't understand it's not it's not because they don't want to be they just don't understand they just think it's not that's impossible you can't do that it's impossible yeah. it's not going to work yeah and they, and they say that to us because we they you know because of love yeah you know i remember in the beginning of this new journey after last time i you know lost a lot of things and mm. um when i went to her and i said i'm gonna get started in property it's like okay i wish you the best not in a bad way mm-hmm. because she was tired of me trying to test too many different yeah, types yeah. of businesses mm-hmm. which has come down crashing a couple of times and yeah. eventually god really helped us and one of the things that changed for me was you know that I learned to do one thing long enough over the last seven years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is something I never did before. I never learned to do something long I mean, enough. That's, yeah, I think that's, that's and, about me. And everybody yeah. needs to learn to do one yeah. thing long enough, you know? So, mm. Max, you mentioned that your biggest drive is looking at your 43-year-old son today, which is actually my age, mate. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, you know, your 43-year-old son now must be like so proud of you. Like, mom, if you did not quit, if you did not turn it down, because what you're doing now in your family, maybe you might not know this, you're just setting a new benchmark. Yeah. You've just broken a new barrier, mm-hmm. you know, because I think sometimes we are all um somehow we enslave ourselves without mm. knowing that's just the mm. truth so most people could have done more and become better and you know greater in their life yeah. but the family mindset sometimes just enslaves you naturally that's right yes so you've actually broken that self-enslavement in your immediate family mm-hmm. thinking okay 60 let me turn it down actually no 60 let me turn, let it, me turn it up yeah <laughs> So your son will never be able to give an excuse when he's 60 to his children. Exactly. That's what you've done. Yeah. And how does that make you feel? Yeah. That makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. Although I've done little things over the years and he's seen that, but he's seen me always quit, stop doing it. So I think it's good to let him see that I'm continuing with this. I mean, he's he's focused on what he's doing. He's been, you know, he's, he's always worked. He's always, but not to to go out there and take risks basically yeah and now you're like mom is taking risks yeah I'm taking the risks and what you're doing now is yes you're very right you're changing that generational pattern yeah that's the truth yeah so it's like what I have become today in my family you know same I'm also breaking that yeah I remember after securing your first deals and you secured your uh, self-accommodation property and then I said well actually Max let's 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 buy a property now Mm-hmm. And I remember when you said, well, yeah, I've got this house, but I've been told, you know, I couldn't, I can't, I can't take that much more money out of it. The highest I can take was about 20, 30, 40,000. Mm-hmm. I've already taken, you know, 50, you know, 25,000 pounds a couple of years ago to, mm-hmm. to upgrade my kitchen yeah, yeah, and upgrade my house, you know. And I said, well, based on the equity you currently have still, we, I think we can take more money out. And I remembered when myself, again, we have a financial broker mm-hmm. in the wealth, property wealth team, who's a third party, but one of us, you know, they're actually one of the sponsors of the yeah. podcast as well. So Ramsey and White. So, and we had that meeting and we evaluated what your house was worth. Yeah. And I remember that we, and and I said to Dean, I said, Dean, I think, what do you, what do you reckon we can get out? And Dean said, hold on a million. And he done an evaluation. And he said, we can actually take 150. Mm-hmm. And I remember you was like, how does that happen? Like, <laughs> I, I saw the look on your face on that Zoom call. I can never forget. 
Now, looking back, we did it. We removed, uh, you released 140,000 from your house. Yeah. Obviously, yes, it was a retained interest. So you paid your interest forward. And I remember the 120 coming through and then paying off your second charge. And you still having almost 100 and yeah. something thousand yeah. to, to get into your first project. Looking back now, where you've now actually spent that money in acquiring your first buy, refurb, refinance to a single family unit in Newcastle. Again, let me go back to how do you feel? Because this is something that you thought wasn't possible and acquiring your first investment property right now. How do you feel, one? And then two, how did you overcome the mindset challenge that you went through? I feel really grateful that it's happened. I feel really proud that I kind of didn't give up and 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 went saw it through um even though there was a little bit there was a lot of fear there but yeah I overcame that and how did I overcome my mindset um I think just basically listening to you contacting you sometimes when I felt a little bit anxious (laughs) 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 if I was if I was feeling anxious I'd contact you and, and it would be like Oh my god, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm yeah. a little bit anxious. What, what, you know? And you'd always talk me through, and I'd be fine. Even just meeting up with you and the others, it, just yeah. being in the, you know, you know, all together, the whole world circle, world circle. Yeah, just being when we got together, when we had the, you know, M- mastermind the days, mastermind days, and those those meetings. I just it just gave me that boost and confidence and understanding that this is what I'm doing, and this is, and it's natural to feel that. It's natural to feel that way, to feel, you know, um, anxious. Um, but it's just just about talking to people and, and seeing other people doing has done it, as you've done yeah. it, and Anthony's done it, and Marion's done it, and well, it's John's done it. And, you know, it just makes me this. It can happen because sometimes you think to yourself, well, I think Sunday as well, Sunday, Sunday, yeah, Sunday's done it, Asma and uh, others, um, Abby and and Femi, and sometimes I think to myself. Can this really happen? Can I really do? Is it because it because you don't believe? Well, I don't believe. Sometimes I, I didn't believe that. Who am I? <laughs> Who am I to be in this on the way to being a property millionaire? I'm going to put it out there. Yes, I love on that. my way to being a prop. Yeah. Who am I? But you know something. I'm going to be honest. I've always felt since I was young there was something more for me. Mm. I've always felt that God had his hand on me and my life would be better. I don't know why I felt like that. That's not something anyone's told me. I've just felt it, that God has had his hand on me right through my life. And I totally believe that. Because even now when I read scriptures, it's all positive stuff. It's like he's talking to me. Mm. Either read a scripture or something come up on my YouTube. Every time through that process of when I was first going through buying property, the video would come up and it would have something that related to me. The video, would I'd read it every day and it would be something relating to me. And mm. I just thought, wow, God is really talking to me. Yeah. And it's about being obedient mm. as well to what you believe shouldn't be in your life and what should be in your life. Yeah. It's about being obedient. And I think that's, that's what's kept me and made me realise that, yeah, I can do this. There is a hand on my life and yeah. it's going to happen. It's going to happen whatever anybody wants to say. And it's about having the right people around you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So looking back now, you've gone through a process where you've you successfully secured three rent-to-rents property. They're doing absolutely well. You bought your first investment properties. Yeah. You know, uh, in January, next month, really, yeah. you know, you'll be going through your refinancing. Yes. You know, and God willing, you know, uh, that property is going to be worth £150,000 once it's completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to refinance that at 75% loan to value, you know, which is going to put worst case scenario, put about £110,000 worst case scenario into your bank account. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to flip that money around very, yeah. very quickly because you bought your property cash, yeah. you know, and do the second deal. And then the third one, so it looks like by the grace of God, 2024 is going to be an exciting year for you. Yeah. You know, God willing, and I know God that you, you serve and I serve. Yeah. It's not going to put us to shame. That's right. Uh, because I, I, the, for me, I believe everything is supernatural. 
you know, uh, everything is spiritual as well. Yeah. You know, it has to be one spiritually and then one physically. Yeah. And people ask me, why do I mention God all the time? Because without God. Without God, nothing. There was, nothing. We haven't got anything, have we? We haven't got anything. Nothing, and, yeah. and look at the day we're having this interview, the reason for the season, celebrating Jesus yeah. at Christmas, right? Uh-huh. So Max, it's been, a, you know, an absolute pleasure having you here. So just as we start to wrap up this conversation now, how did you feel when you picked up that keys and when you went, how many times have you been to the property ever since you've been? I've been there about three times. You've been there three times since three been? Three times, I think I've been there. Twice yeah. Three times. yeah. Great. How do you feel, you know, how did you feel when you picked up the keys and you bought that first property? How did your family, your children, did you, when you told them, finally, I bought my first investment property? Do you know what? My, my kids, they're all excited. They really want to go and see it. Mm. We haven't been, well, they haven't been up there yet, but yeah, they're really excited. And they, I sent them the videos at first yeah. of all, and they were saying, yeah, go for it. You know, they've all been encouraging. And my oldest son, he's helped me financially as well. Wow. So Bless him. That's yeah so that's really good and i know they will be interested they just want to see me see it finished and completed and we're going to go and see it and, yeah yeah the refurbishment finished and we go up and see it and i know that they're going to get involved yeah and that's what's going to happen to be honest yeah. what's going to happen is that by the grace of god all things being equal when we refinance in january and you know we get the valuation of the best case obviously your best case is 150 your mid cases are first right 140 and your worst case was about 130 you know when you get your best case it's almost almost all your money out if you know even if you get worst case you still have enough money to do the next project yeah and you obviously doing the buy uh buy refurbishment finance you know buy three buy three uh keep two sell one strategy uh so we can use that money on the third one that is selling to pay off your existing uh second charge in your home that you're currently using for uh for your um buy refurbished finance or again or just currently opening that you know second charge loan into a finance that you can use to actually fund your entire property journey through mm-hmm. until we get to property number five mm-hmm. you know yeah. and you've been and you've been enjoying the whole process haven't you yeah yeah some, some little bit challenges when they are you know you, you're asked questions by the lenders or the whoever you know that's that yeah. gets a little bit oh, goodness. but then once you do it once you give them the information that's fine yeah <laughs> you know i think when we when we once you get the refinance we're going to actually come and you know we're going to bring you back on a podcast and we're going to talk about going through all those application process yeah. you know how because it does make you feel very uncomfortable yeah. doesn't it yes it does a lot of people have actually quitted by lenders asking them questions mm. and you know questions where it feels very uncomfortable yeah you know because sometimes you're feeling like why are they asking me this about mm-hmm. how, how, why I spent this? Why did that? Why I did yeah. this? Why did I miss that? You know, payments here and there. And it does make you mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. a, a father talking to a son. It's almost like you've been told off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last question for you, Max. If you were to summarize your journey through learning with property of education, myself being your mentor uh, for the last coming to three years now, mm-hmm. what would be mm-hmm. your greatest you know, a summary of how you feel from the heart, the, the the education, the mentorship has really, you know, helped you or impacted you in a positive way or in a negative way. Yeah, no, it's been really positive. And I think the highlight for me is knowing that people are there, you're there to speak to, you're, you know, even if it's Malika, does the admin, she's there, Millie's there if you needed to ask any questions. It's just so positive and the learning is just fantastic. Um, you know, love the book, love the rent to rent. That kind of set me off in the beginning. Um, yeah, so it's just being you being there. The t- you know, even when we have the um, when you done your book launch, I mean that was fantastic. It was just that inspires me. The test, seeing the, the test, yeah, the test, yeah. The, the just the people there, and the, just that makes me feel like this is a really good mentorship that I'm, I made the right choice fantastic fantastic right choice. Yeah. so what would be one of the biggest thing that you've learned in this two three years of working with myself one thing that you've learned for yourself you know it could be the fact that oh you built you know a mindset to especially yeah. i teach about opm a lot yeah. or just one thing you know and what would that one thing be that you've literally learned for yourself i think it's about the mindset for me 
Mm. That's so important, the mindset, um, knowing that you're doing something and you get to where you feel really anxious and you think, oh my God, I want to pull back. That's when you ke- you keep going. Yeah, true. When you feel like you're you're just, no, I can't do this. This is not... Because I know a friend of mine, she told me the same thing that's what happens to her. She gets to the stage where she's really anxious and think, oh my God, I can't do this. And then she stops. So I've, that's gone for me now. I'm I'm just going to go through. And if I feel, what they say, feel the fear and do it anyway. So yeah. that's the fear that, you know, you feel that fear and you just, just keep going. Yeah, true. You know, you're very right. I say this all the time. A lot of people quit. Yeah. At the verge peak, of their the breakthrough. Peak, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of people quitted yeah. at the verge of yeah. their breakthrough. Yeah. So it's like you're going up, you're going, you're doing things. And when you get to that top, that's when the anxiety comes in. And then you either go back down to where you were or you drop back. Yeah. But you go carry on. Carry on. Carry on. Yeah. Don't go. Don't slip back down. Absolutely. Don't slip forward. Back. Yeah. Great. One word for you to the audience. Thing for me, I think it's if you want to get into the property business, get a mentor. Check out Daniel's podcasts or masterclass. Your, your master, yeah, the masterclass is a good thing to start off with. I think get a mentor. I know a lot of people go into property and they they buy one property and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to do the second one. They need a mentor. So my my last word of advice is get yourself a mentor and check out the masterclass and i'm just gonna put this out maxine is going to be in my new book okay i already told i promised you that yeah. maxine is gonna be you know she's gonna be in my new book my next new book that's coming out i'm not gonna give the date out yet but a new book is coming out so that'll be my third book and she's gonna be having a chapter in that book okay. where she's gonna go deep and just share you know i think by then we'd have done maybe your second project yeah. so there's be a lot to share you know, numbers mm. of your all your deals mm. and everything else. Mm. So thank you so much for being here. Merry Christmas. Thank you for having me. Merry Christmas to you. So guys, make sure you go and connect with Max as well. Our social media is going to be around the um, the show notes. So connect with her, reach out to her. If Maxine at the age of 62 is doing amazing, amazing things, what are you waiting for? Like literally what are you waiting for? Get started, get yourself a mentor, get yourself education and find someone who can hold your hands. Holding hands is so important in this journey because it does do get very, very lonely. All right. So you need to have that network of people around you i'll see you on the next episode take care merry christmas merry christmas